to another episode of Be Free, Be Fun, Be Fearless. I am Dr. Rana Al-Falaki, your host for today and founder of Light Changes Coaching. And today, this beautiful day in 2021, well, it will be by the time this is it, I am so thrilled. I'm just, I'm just trajecting myself into that positive mindset to, to, to transmit it through the screen to all of you. Uh, I am thrilled to be joined by a very, very dear friend of mine, someone who I value and hold very, very highly. Yay! Uh, Yuande Peloyan. Now, Yuande is the founder and CEO of Otito, and she is going to explain to you exactly what that is, because actually it's a, a beautiful message in there. But she's also previously a management consultant at McKinsey Consultancy and a VP uh, at Morgan Stanley. So she's been in the business field working with leaders and professionals for a long time. I just think she has the most amazing anti-wrinkle cream because you look at her and you think, how can you possibly have all that experience? But trust me, when you hear her, you will, you will, you will, you will catch on to this phenomenal experience uh, and that this lady has. So what do you do, Yuande? You help business leaders and high achievers accelerate to their next level of success. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Rana. I'm so excited to be here and really, really honored to be on your show. And you're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my natural self, what can I say? But it's all the truth. It's all the truth. So firstly, tell us a little bit about what you do when you say you help business leaders and high achievers accelerate to their next level of success. Yeah, so um, at Otito, where I'm CEO and founder, we really focus on helping leaders and high achievers. And often the people who we work with um, are people who are sort of similar in terms of background to my background. So if people, I always say that my clients are successful, they will be successful. They don't need me to be successful. However, they've often reached a point in their careers where something doesn't fit, something's missing. And whatever they've been doing thus far, which will continue to make them successful on paper, doesn't help them reach that next level that they're trying to achieve. And because they are high achievers, they're like, I want to get there now. So I get a buzz out of it. Um, and I also have, um, obviously have the experience and um, the, 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 the sort of background in terms of helping these high achievers and leaders to accelerate and move faster towards that next level. For some people, it's going up, up the corporate ladder. For some people, it's laterally and up. And for some, it's going completely out. Like I have someone at the moment who's leaving uh, consultancy to start their own film production business, which is completely different, but it's their next level and that's what we help them do. Yeah, so, so their next level doesn't necessarily mean, mean climbing the corporate ladder. It could just mean a transition. So what I'm hearing you say, it's the next level for what's in them, which is potentially then also engaging in their purpose, their purpose their passion and what's going to drive them. Exactly. I feel like you've, you've, you've seen like the first few steps of my program already, Rana, but you're absolutely right. You know, like we often, we often label leaders, high achievers success in a very small box, but that next level is very specific to each person, um, which I've also experienced within my career. And that's why I know you were asking earlier about kind of where the name Otito came from. 
so I'm British Nigerian and uh, in Nigeria, I am uh, part of the Yoruba tribe. And in Yoruba, Otito means truth, integrity, honesty. So a lot of the work that I do with my clients is really getting honest about what it is they want, who they want to be. And therefore you start to understand, ah, that's my next level, not, you know, my boss's next level for me or my spouse's next level or my children and what they need, which all comes into it, but really understanding your next level. And then I help people accelerate towards that. So it, I would imagine it, it could, that can prove quite a challenge for some people to, to break those ties, especially when they are people of service who mm. want to please. And it can be quite difficult to detach what they truly want and desire versus trying to keep the peace, be it, like you say, with their families, their kids, uh, their, their partners, and presumably other work colleagues. Yeah, it is often, it's, it's often quite a challenge for people. Firstly, just in terms of changing their perspective, right? And starting to say, I want. And what's, what's really interesting, and this is not the case for everyone, um, but generally what I find is that there is that idea of service, which becomes really difficult when people go, oh, but I should do this. I'm expected to do this. I've already got that success um, and I have to keep going. And it becomes really hard to sort of go, actually me leading myself, which is often why I start with self-leadership to that next level. If I'm able to lead myself, then it becomes so much easier to be of service to other people because I'm coming from a place of purpose, of passion, of of, of clarity. Um, but what I find actually is often a huge sticking point is getting people to deal with their own expectations of themselves. And um, as you'll know, obviously, as a coach as well, understanding their um, the limiting beliefs and the interpretations that they're assuming other people are putting on them. And when we start to break all of that up, it's like, huh, actually, I thought that person wanted me to do this but then they actually don't. And then you're kind of living a life that you don't even know where the expectations are coming from. So really honing in on what we want um, and helping my clients hone in on what they want and who they want to be is often the, the first step. It's a tricky step, but it kind of unlocks everything else. It is sometimes the trickiest step, isn't it? Because it's the usual thing, the first first question that you ask. And, and actually last week I, I talked to, to, to Bridget uh, Simmons about it as well. And I was saying, the first you know, chapter in my book is, what do you want? <laughs> I've got one right? telling her, I've got one lady who's taken six months to come back to me with a message saying, okay, I got stuck on chapter one, now I'm back. Because it's, there is often a feeling of guilt associated with that. It, you almost need to give yourself permission to truly engage, get rid of the boundaries, the barriers, the limiting beliefs of determining what you want and seeking approval perhaps breaking it down into different categories at the same time. And so often the first thing that we think about is what we don't want rather than yeah. what we want. Exactly, exactly. And even a simple exercise, like just recognizing what words you're using. Um, so often I, I, you're using I want and people go oh I didn't realize that um but I love I love that that that's the yeah and I love the fact that your book um the first piece is what do you want right because people often don't know what they want or 
they haven't taken the space and the time to figure it out for lots of different reasons. Fear of fear of success sometimes comes up, right? If I actually know what I want, then I actually have to go get it. But I find that um, one, one thing that I often do, which um, I also do for myself and for clients is just making people aware of what language they're using. So am I using I want versus I need to, I have to, I should. Um, and really kind of going, huh, do I, like, is this coming from what I want leadership or is it expectations and just things that I think I have to, to do? So I love that. And how can people, how would you suggest people get past the guilt factor of I want? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, guilt is a strong, strong, strong emotion that I often, I often see. The work we often do on that is really understanding where that guilt is coming from. And to your point, especially for people who are very, um, come from a place of service, there's often a guilt around other people. And what that selfishness, <laughs> right, in quotes, people, people think that they're being selfish by saying what they want. Um, a, couple of, a couple of things that, we often, that, that I often do is, one, the interpretation's big. So assuming that by, by saying what you want, you are um, basically not helping someone else and really starting to break down, all right, is that true? How true is that? What evidence do you have for that? And getting really detailed. The other thing um, is around understanding that when we are our most powerful, which includes knowing what we want, we are at a better place to serve other people. So it's flipping it from a place of me wanting, me getting what I want means that you're not getting what you want. So actually me getting what I want means that I can better serve you and getting what you want. And that service increases. Exactly. So bringing it up yeah. to the, that higher level of resonance and effectively speaking that person's language. So if they feel better yeah. serving people, then okay, well, by having what you want, you'll be able to serve people better. If there's somebody who who just thinks about opportunity and purpose, then we talk to them at that level of language. So, okay, well, where would the opportunity be here? So again, just resonating with that, that person as they are, and of course we are each unique, aren't we? So of course it's not, it's never a one size fits all, which is where the, the individual conversations come in so handy, so useful, so necessary, so important. Yeah. I love that. And actually, just to pick up on something that you said there, which is which is very much in line with um, with my philosophy, it's I love that you said resonating with that person because different people, you know, we talk about services if it's just one thing. Different people serve for different reasons, right? Some people love the problem solving aspect and like really getting into a problem. Some people just love the connection with other people and just having people around them and feeling good when they can help someone else. And you're right, like connecting with which is also part of wanting, right? Connecting with the thing that you want within that service, even if it's, it's I want to serve this person better so that I feel connected to them and getting and coming from that place of energy, like it makes a huge difference. So um, yeah, it's all part of knowing who you are and what it is that you want and leading from there as opposed to the opposite, which is just tiring. <laughs> yeah, now I know that you have some personal experience of this tiring. A little. <laughs> I would love it if you would share, share that story because you are someone who accelerated to the next level of your career. But for you, like we said, that wasn't going up to, you know, being, being a, a 
president of McKinsey or VP in McKinsey, it was a it was a transition for you. But for you, that was still an acceleration. So I'd love it if you would, would share with our listeners what, what that story entails. Yeah, of course. I'm more than happy to share. Um, because yeah, it shows that even within that acceleration, there's not, it's not, it's not, it's not always completely upwards, right? Um, so I after leaving Morgan Stanley, I joined McKinsey, which was amazing, right? I had opportunities to work in different countries around the world. I'm again, I'm British Nigerian. I'd never worked in Nigeria or anywhere in Africa. I got to work across like six different countries across East and West Africa, doing lots of projects, working with CTO, CFOs, CEOs. It was amazing. And with all of that, as you may tell from the, the, the speed that I'm talking at, I was exhausted. I burnt out twice. Right. And I always say to people, you burn out once. This is this is my judgment on myself. But I was like, if I burn out once, I should really learn from that. About um, I would say seven months after I burnt out, I burn out again. And it was the same pattern. And part of it was exactly what we talked about, that that desire to serve, that desire to solve problems, that desire to like really, really make this thing that everyone was telling me I was great at and I had a future in work, right? The expectations I was putting on myself, the expectations from others, from my team. It's a lot of pressure. Um, and I was exhausted. So, and Rana, Rana, you'll know that I'm very structured. So I like to have a plan. And I was so tired. I was like, I'm done. I, I did what was, strangely enough, both the scariest and the most sensible thing that I'd ever done in my life. And I just quit. I had no idea what I was going to do next. Um, I think what really helped me was thinking about the worst case scenario. And I realized that what I was most fearful of was being homeless and broke and having no food. <laughs> and I like food. Um, and once I realized that I could probably survive for a bit and I had you know, my time scale for, for how long and I had a support system that would help me that would mean that I wouldn't be in that situation. Um, I was like, yeah, I just have to stop. And my approach, unlike my usual structured approach, was I would do the opposite. Anything and anyone who I connected with, I would lean into that, right? Which now that I reflect back on it, was it was going through a process of discovering me and discovering what I wanted. Um, I reflected on where I felt like I had the most impact. Uh, I practice yoga. I love yoga. So I was like, you know what? I'll go, I'll go become a, a certified yoga instructor in Vancouver. Worst case. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> Why not? Um, which was an awesome, awesome, awesome summer. And just through through reflecting on on what I was, what I felt I was great at, what my passions were, what my values were, as well as leaning into those opportunities that came up. Like I remember a friend, an old friend from university who didn't even really know me well. And off the back of like a five minute conversation, she was like, hey, I think you'd be an awesome coach. I'm going through a coaching program. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. That's not a real job. Um, but then I didn't, I didn't let that limit me. I was like, all right, let me find out what this thing is about. And I ended up realizing two things. One, I love solving problems. Two, I love empowering people to solve their own problems. Before I knew it, I'd incorporated my business. Um, but I say all that to kind of show that it is a journey. Um, the burnout sucked, but it was kind of what led me to where I am now and doing what, what I absolutely love to do and helping other people who are in situations like that themselves. Yeah, and of course you are you are you you, you are a person of opportunity, purpose, and service. So yeah. yep, <laughs> in all of those words, tell me a little bit more about what it felt 
because I, you know, I work with what I call the, the wantaholics and the workaholics and the wantaholics are not that different to the workaholics. You know, we have, mm -hmm. uh, well, we have, I identify myself because that's definitely where I was, you know, it's always wanting, it's always looking at the next thing. It's always looking upwards, up the ladder. Okay, what can I do next? What did it, you know, you just keep going and you keep going. Uh, you have very few boundaries. You're quite happily work at weekends. You won't prioritize your family, your self-care, because you keep thinking that that next achievement is going to make you feel good or even better. I mean, it really is like a, a drug until we burn out. And then, okay, actually, let's take a step back and realize actually what you want is 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 what you can be, and it's actually what you are. And then you can mm. anything else, but you have to get to that state of being. So. Uh, I too have experienced several bouts of burnout, so you're not alone. <laughs> not alone. <laughs> We've got a club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The mm, should have woken up, but oh well. Going to make another another year. Ah, oh, here we go again. Another couple of years, and you know, I'm still guilty of doing it every now and again. I do have to to check check myself before I get that far. But a lot of people don't understand. They don't see the early signs and only only get to the late signs. So maybe we could talk a little bit about what that burnout feels like, both physically and mentally, because I certainly know from my own experience what that did to me mentally in terms of my my thought process, how it impacts on our relationships, how it how it takes its physical toll as well. So tell us a little bit about your experience of burnout. Yeah, um, and maybe I'll tell you a bit about my experience kind of from that moment. And then what I've also noticed as I've, as I've experienced, um, kind, of, kind of reflected on hindsight. In that moment, um, I would agree. For me, on the surface, there was definitely the physical burnout. Um, and that was pretty obvious, right? Um, I wasn't sleeping well. I was just tired and physically tired. Um, I know that I wasn't eating as much as I, I should. So just nutrition wise, I wasn't kind of where I was ticking off all the boxes, right? I was waking up doing my 15 minute yoga um, session. I had my moments where I had my lunch, breakfast, my breakfast, lunch and dinner. Like I was ticking off the boxes, but then was I actually doing the things that energized me? No. Um, even so much so that I actually hurt my wrist and literally, and I'm not joking around it for like 18 months. Every time I typed, my right wrist would be would burn. Like like it would feel like I can't believe I didn't go for to the doctor for this. It would literally feel like it was burning. No time for that. <laughs> no time exactly. So what? So all I would do was in our in our office in the London office. Whenever I was back in London, we had a physio. So I would just go. She would do like acupuncture and stuff. It would feel better. I'd be like, all right, I'm good to go. So I was just like basically band-aids, right? Um, so physically, I was exhausted. That's one thing. Um, and mentally, it just felt like, like my brain, just, there was no space. Um, and it's interesting looking back because now what I, the signs that I often look for, and I would think about like six areas of, um, of kind of where we get our energy from. Two, we've already talked about physical and mental. The other area that comes up is emotional energy, right? Um, and I remember a friend of mine saying to me after the fact, yeah, you're, you're doing much better. I was really worried about saying anything to you during that time because you would snap. I thought I was keeping it in check. <laughs> I thought I was being really good. And then I was like, what do you mean? They were like, well, I say something and you would just kind of like react, right? And it makes sense. I didn't have the space to respond. So that spiritual energy also, it also became really hard to connect with what it was that, that was me. 
right? I was just doing, doing, doing. Um, so I often, that, that's often a sign for me as well. And then the other two are sort of environmental and social, social in terms of like how connected I am with other people. When I find that I'm kind of moving away from the people that I want to be close to, that's also a sign. And environmentally, if um, I'm just not outside in nature, right? I'm deprioritizing all of that stuff and I'm just always cocooned. So those are a little bit more remote, but I find that the physical, mental, spiritual and emotional are the ones that really, really show up for me. And I often see in clients as well. Yeah, and I know you use that, uh, what we call that, that core dynamics approach, looking at those, look at, looking at those energetic influences and what impact they're having in any, any, yeah. or, uh, what, what somebody wants to achieve, which is, is so, uh, so important. And picking up on a few of those and, and I'll, I'll perhaps share my experience as well. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the, um, you just keep doing 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 right exactly like you said you just keep doing and you just keep taking on and there's usually a, a real lack of boundaries uh because you want to control and you almost you want to clone yourself because, you know yeah you, you can have do you sorted out that machine oh <laughs> i tell you <laughs> boy did i need to clone myself you know um, but actually, because it was almost more effort to try to train somebody up and delegate. So I'll just do it myself. So you take on more and more tasks. So it becomes a self-propagating prophecy, really. You keep on going. You just want to do. You definitely, yet you snap. Uh, you perhaps don't spend as, time with, as much time, say, with your friends and your family. Or when you do, you're not really there. You're, your mind's thinking about other things anyway. Yeah. It's a way. Uh, you know, and I used to travel a lot with lecturing and speaking, and I couldn't be in the moment. You know, I mean, I was flying off to, to Sydney, to Taipei, to China, to India, all over the world. These amazing places and beautiful places in Europe. My, I was never present. I was, you know, I would sit there, I'd be flown, you know, first class. I mean, might as well got to enjoy the experience. No, 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 right. no. I mean, I was. Are you I, down? I would be on the plane. <laughs> And you know, and I in my on my computer nine hours later, you know, and it's probably the middle of the night. You know, I'd land in New York, I'd land in somewhere else, California, in the nine-hour flight. And, you know, and and all that had happened was, you know, the flight attendant had brought me food and taken it away, and and I thought, oh, I'm here now, and I'd be in yeah. these beautiful places, and I wouldn't take a minute to just enjoy. Yeah, because you've got more to do. There's more and there is always there is always more to do and i would try to just give myself a pat on the back you know because like you you know i was i, I you became a yoga instructor i've been a fitness instructor since since i you know done dent, dental school back in my early 20s it's going to help pay my way through through university at that point so yeah you know i mean i know how to do fitness and and run classes and yet so i'd be doing it I know how yeah. to meditate, but was I truly meditating? It's like you say, I think you really, you can have that disconnect, can't you, with your spirit. Uh, and, mm. and I think also with that, because obviously I, 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 I focus a lot on, on, on helping to develop people's intuition, their intuitive thought. And I think when you get to that doing phase as well, it becomes very difficult. So you become much more in the ego. You start to seek approval. You know, you're talking about the social aspects. Sometimes I think you stop trusting yourself because you're so busy doing so. You you, you don't tap into that, those intuitive thinking. And it then becomes about seeking approval from all the people around you. Am I doing the right thing? Is this the right thing? Yes, or you push it through with force. 
Yep. So it's a bit of a mess, really. <laughs> and, and, and do you know what's so interesting about it, actually? Because even as you, and I, I, love, I love hearing you reflect that because I'm like, oh, I'm saying this in a new way. But even with all of that, the thing we're trying to achieve, which is the more and being our best selves, we're actually not because we're not connected. We're exhausted. We're not in the moment, right? And it's just like, it, it, it's so on one side, as you said, it's the ego that's pushing us because it's like, well, if I'm doing it all and I'm ticking the boxes and other people see me doing it, then I'm doing it. And then on the other side, it's like, well, no, right? And you're not performing at your best. You're not yourself. So it's, it's, it's interesting. And then the more you get into it, it just, we, like we've talked about the, I think we talked about the treadmill and just being on the treadmill and then it becomes harder, right? It's harder to get off because now you're just going to pay. How do you even stop? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's getting what to that awareness mean? where you don't get there. Yeah. And I was going to say, Go ahead. what does that mean for you to stop? Because you start attaching to that identity of who you are. That's who you start believing you are. And so if you're not that high achiever with how you see high achievement as being, you know, I'm this amazing, phenomenal, successful, uh, super, superwoman, which you were, you are still, but you saw yourself, you had different identity as it were. And, and I was the same. You know, how can I, how can I still lead? So for me, my biggest transition was finally recognizing. And so I really want to get onto leadership because it's a beautiful flow into that was finally recognizing that I could still be a leader in my life i could still be the leader without needing all of that stuff and for me that's what then led me on my path to actually sell my practice and to start actually being a bit pickier about my speaking engagements and to reprioritize my life but for me you know we were talking about how it impacts i mean yes you know i became very much borderline chronic fatigue you know and, and now i know my limits when i i push myself too too far but you know, I was just, I was tired, I was foggy headed. Uh, my marriage had then broken down by that point, uh, you know, for various other reasons. But, but you know, you just, and then you start to feel like, okay, maybe, maybe life isn't all it's meant to be. And, and of course my, my passion is to stop, you know, you don't have to get to that stage before you can wake up and, and recognize that you can be a leader in your life without needing to take this path. So I know you resonate with that and that's yeah. very much what, what you do and what you help people do. So maybe let's talk about leadership because leadership doesn't mean somebody who stands uh, at the head of a boardroom and dictate to people what they're going to do. That is not leadership, but it's, it's what a lot of people might think it is. So let's take a deep dive into what leadership is. Yeah. And I love that segue because, um, I would even go further and to say that when you are coming from a place of choosing what you want, you are being a leader and you are leading well versus I need to do this to achieve. Then something else is leading you, whether it's the ego or someone else. And that's kind of the, the, the often the, the, the perspective switch that my clients go through. But I always say, for me, leadership is, 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 is pretty clear. Like my definition now, which is really interesting as I reflect back to what I used to say. Leadership or the word CEO, VP, I don't know, head of whatever, that is a title and a label. It is not, it is not leadership. I believe that every single person in this world from my seven-year-old niece to whatever, a, a hundred-year-old granny 
and everyone in between is a leader. The question is how well you lead. And when, I think when, for me personally, um, I'll talk about me personally first. When I started to see that, then it was like, ah, and now I'm looking from a place of choice, right? It's not just about I'm a leader when I have the title or I will be the leader when I have the title or I am the leader when I have people to follow me or I'm the leader when I have been assigned people to manage. Like that's, that's irrespective of, of who I am. I am already a leader because regardless of whether or not I like it, we're always influencing people around us and we're always influencing ourselves. Often people don't aren't conscious of that. So you're sort of leading your life and leading people in quotes, but you're not actually realizing what you're um, So that's why I'll, I'll talk about how well we lead and really coming from that place of how well we lead. And then there are obviously like the, the mechanics behind it around like here's like the five pillars of leadership and how we go into those details. But really understanding that concept we come back to what we discussed before and the first chapter of your book, which is like starting with what do you want, right? Because you can't lead if you don't know what you want. Because what are you leading people to? What are you leading yourself to? Just like aimlessly around. And who, who you are as a leader and understanding that you as a leader and how you lead is not is not based on any book, anyone else. There is something about each of us that is unique about how we how we lead. And that's quite exciting, right? We are both leaders, Rada, but we lead differently because we have different strengths, different passions, different values. We we have different like quirks and you know things that we do, which just makes it more exciting. We have different people who resonate with us and it's finding that and then like owning it and moving forward in our leadership. So sorry, I love, I love, I love the whole topic of leadership. So yeah, I can go on and, and on comes, and on. And it comes, and there are different things, aren't there? Because there are, there are skills that you can learn. Yeah. There are skills that you can perfect. And there are skills that are inherent to you. Right? So, you know, yeah. I, you know be, being able to kind of get the best out of people, being able to intuit, uh, being able to communicate, all of those, some of them you will have as natural strengths and some of them you can grow. And then, of course, we've got, you know, productivity and delegation and uh, uh, and boundaries and, and bringing and building teams. So talk a little bit about that for me. The, the productivity piece? Well, any, yeah. any, any of those skills of what we what, what, when we inherit to us uh, what, and, and what we can learn and improve on. Yeah. So with the, um, and I like that split actually. So the things that are inherent to us, as I said, primarily just have to do with really understanding yourself and understanding, um, you know, what it is that you are put on this earth to, to do. I remember when I was kind of going through my transition and it's weird again, looking back because I don't even know that's, that's not true. I know where this phrase came from. I was speaking to someone else and they were like, I just want everything that I do to be an expression of who I am. I was like, that's it that's what I want. <laughs> and often that's leadership, right? When you, when everything that you're doing is, is who you are, it just becomes so much easier to lead well. But you're right. There are sort of the, the more mechanical aspects of leadership that sets us up for success. And I always say that if we're not leading those aspects, then it just makes it so much harder, right? Productivity wise, um, what I often, in the same way that 
uh, and when I when I kind of look at people leadership, this is kind of part of like the philosophy that I, I, I often share with people in the same way that we are leaders ourselves. And you say, I am a leader and I am becoming more of the leader that I want to be. There's also a recognition that everyone else around you is also a leader, right? And leaders not don't only see the potential in themselves, but they see it in others. So when we talk about delegation, for example, sometimes that can feel like, oh, I'm to, to your point that you said earlier, it's like, oh, now I have to give someone else this thing, but I want to do it because then I can do more. Or, well, if I give it to them, then it's going to just take way too much time for them to, to do it. Will they do it the way I want to do it? Will they do it the way that, that, that I do it? I think there's so much that we can do to teach other people, especially, you know, if we're more experienced in a certain field. But there's also something about recognizing other people's leadership and going, well, I may not do it that way, but there's something that they bring to it, right? I'm creative, but I'm creative probably in a more structured way, right? Maybe more in like innovative problem solving way. But there's some people who are creative visually or through music. And there's so much that they could bring even to a very structured environment that I wouldn't actually think about because that's not my superpower. That's not my way of leading. So even with delegation, it's like, how do you, how do you delegate in a way that you kind of create expectations and boundaries as a leader in terms of what you're trying to achieve and the vision but then also enabling other people to show their amazingness, um, which then just creates more amazingness for everyone else. Exactly, because it just, it propagates and then we're back to energy, aren't we? That energy rubs, we always talk about, oh, you know, you have a good vibe and you know, or your energy, it rubs off on me. And that's exactly what happens, you know? So you starting with that foundation, that pillar of light, that who you are, Mm. and then it will you will you will rub off on other people and when what you start to notice the more you stand in who you are is that sometimes you don't necessarily <laughs> you you start becoming so confident with who you are you don't you get start being surrounded by people who are similar to yeah. you and you don't worry about the approval factor because you're so contented Putting out stuff, what, the quote that you said, what resonated with you, you know, when you realized you were going through your transition about, you know, as long as I show up for who I am and, you know, in everything that I do, then you don't worry about who decides not to tag along. It's, you know, they'll drop by the wayside and you feel okay about that. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you use the word worry because we spend so much time worrying about X and Y and B and stuff. And we're just in our heads um, and just the, the freedom. And th this is what I actually love about the, your, your, your podcast and like the fun, free, fearless thing. There is just a freedom to just being you and letting other people be themselves, right? And again, there are, there are mechanical skills and sort of best practices that, you know, we work on in terms of like leadership. And, but it's all, at least for me, it's all about, moving to a place where everyone is just like their superpowers are on fire right i don't even i don't even watch superhero movies but it's like i imagine like the avengers like my team of my, my team like the avengers i've just got like the, the 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 movie poster up and it's like you've got you're you're showing your superpower you've got maybe more junior people who are also expressing their thing you've got senior people who are your stakeholders who are also enabling you and while they're helping you sort of achieve what you want as a leader, right? You're leading them towards that success. You're also empowering them to also lead in terms of their success, right? Because it's, there's, there's abundance in the world. It's just creating that space to understand who we are, what we want, and then putting the practices in place that enables us and gives us that 
you know, set us up for success to create that. Exactly. And as you know, it's funny, that was exactly what I wrote in my journal today when it was, you know, how do you want to show up today? And I was just like, with everything I do, I want to be my authentic self. And then the word that just popped into me was freedom again, because for me, that is, that is your freedom. You just, you just, it's back to being, you know, it's back to, you know what, let's just, let's just be. And it's, it's like you say, we're not, you know, it's not some, it's not some wishy-washy thing we're talking about when we're talking about being and consciousness is actually very very grounding and that's not to say you don't then help with the with the the with the obvious skills and i know the, the same with my programs it's like okay let's concentrate on the who we are and then let's bring in let's bring in the obvious skills like the productivity and the time management and the communication and we we can home all that to to do the skill building yeah. But it's kind of, it's a bit like decorating a Christmas tree. You know, you've got to, you've got to have the tree first before you can I love that. to make it look so lovely. Do you know what I mean? I love that image and you're absolutely right. Absolutely, absolutely right. Um, yeah, I like that. I might steal that. You can have that. And you know, what are you going to put at the top of the tree? Ooh, your North Star. There you go. To guide you, see. To guide you. To guide North you. stars are awesome. It makes it makes decision making so much easier. If if I may share like a really quick story on that, um, I've got I've got a client who's literally just renewed with me. She's she's one of my favorites. All my clients are my favorites, but she is one of my favorites. And uh, actually, she's the one who's kind of gone from consulting into film production. And during our first like renewal, like our kickoff for renewal, she she created her purpose statement, right? And everyone's North Star is slightly different, right? For some people's vision, some purpose, some mission, it doesn't really matter. And she created this purpose statement and she looked at me and she went, that's it. And I was like, even if I told you that that was wrong, you, you would just be like, whatever. She's like, yeah. And this is someone who before everything she would tell me, she'd be like, what do you think? Does that work? Do you think that works? Like she would always question. And she was just like, I, like, I know that's what I want. And off the back of that, that decision I, I had to make about whether or not I stay with that company or not. I'm clear about it. I told them no. <laughs> what? She's like, yeah. It was, it was, it was beautiful to see the comments come out with her. So I definitely put the North Star at the, at the top. Yeah, which is brilliant. And then of course there is, then there's the bit, actually, again, I, I was talking to, um, uh, to, to Bridget about this last week as well. We were talking about then obviously the need to create the certainty within the uncertainty to help you. This is the fearless piece to help you overcome the fear. So for like with you, you know, you, you wanted to decide it, okay, I quit. But that isn't to say you just walked out just like that. You also created some certainty that you went away, you looked at your bank balance, you know, you knew that you, so then there was a little bit of a plan in place to overcome the fear. Yeah, yeah. To create, to, the planning to, is very important. Go ahead, sorry. No, go on, you were saying, yeah, it's very important to create that certainty. Yeah, definitely. And again, the certainty will differ for different people, right? I, I don't have a family, like I don't have a, a spouse, I don't have kids. So I'm in a different you know, place in life to many other people. But facing, I think the, the thing with fear is, fear, fear is really interesting because 
we are fearful of the things that are coming in the future, but that future doesn't exist, right? But it creates, but the fear behind it is very, very real. And for whatever reason, in those, especially in those critical decision moments, focusing on the things that can go wrong, the things that we're fearful of, just create a stronger emotion in us than um, the things that could go right. So my point, you know, what we often do is look fear right in, right in the face and go, what's, what's the worst thing that could happen? Um, and for me, literally the worst thing was not being able to eat. And then creating, as you said, the plan, right? All right, so if that's the worst thing that could happen, what would need to happen, you know, for me to not be able to eat in six months? Well, not only would I not have found a job, but I would have also blown my savings and I would have no family or friends who care about me. How realistic is that? Okay, maybe not realistic, but I don't want to be sleeping on other people's couches. All right, what needs to happen for that? When do I have to start job searching? What? And then when you start to get really concrete about what needs to be done and what um, I always talk about, not, not milestones, but almost like gates to check, go, all right, in three months, I will check this. Then you're leading yourself through that plan and avoiding that fearful future <laughs> that now is not that scary because you're like, well, I've got a plan in place to avoid that worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So when we are talking about, you know, wanting, wanting you to take that leap of faith, it's we're not just just go jump. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. So then like your client, you know, no, but she listened to herself, a North Star. But that's not to say, you know, she's she's then got a plan in place. And obviously as a leadership coach, you you will help people negotiate, navigate that path and and land it, accelerate. Exactly, exactly. It's funny because I, I recently, so I, I think it was my newsletter last week and I started it with, um, or maybe it was my post, I don't know, but I started it with um, diving into a swimming pool is great, but don't do it without checking how deep the water is first, right? Like I'm saying be fearless and dive, but just don't, don't like dive at first and not know whether it's a narrow or the, or the, the shallow or the, or the deep end, right? And it's a similar concept. You know, be, 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 be free, have fun, be fearless. That's where the magic is, but also do it in a way that, that, that sets you up for success. Yeah, precisely, exactly. So one thing I do with my clients, a little bit like your North Star, is I, I say whenever, whenever we want to do something, whatever our wants are, we, uh, we attach it, what I call an opt-in for it. So mm. then my- Oh, tell me more. Yeah, so the opt-in stands for the opportunity the purpose, the tangibility, the intuitive. So, what does your gut tell you about it? And your need. What is your what is your what what need is it fulfilling? And if you really, I just feel if you really land the that opt-in, you know, okay, what is the opportunity in this? What what purpose is this fulfilling in me? How tangible is it? Because we gotta ground it, right? We gotta ground it from, you know, from being our intangible into okay you know this can be real so we end up really, mm. really believing in it and and of course trusting your intuition and your instincts to to follow through on that which is part of that holistic or holographic thinking as we call it and then what need is it fulfilling in you because again when you really attach to the the need that you have which is part of the values piece and a little bit more because needs are the values uh, combined with the emotions that come with it uh then you land it and and for me that's what gives you the opt-in 
I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And it's, it's not one. It's, yeah, it's just stealing lots of stuff today, <clears throat> borrowing. But I love that because it is your point, right? It's there's kind of like the 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 intangible and the tangible stuff, right? And we often, again, depending on the person, we sort of lean towards one versus the other. And this just feels so holistic around like really looking at it from so many different angles, but then also being clear about that North Star. And like, I love the intuition piece as well, because we know so much more than we allow ourselves to, to realize, right? Oh, that's nice. But again, Often. it comes to, as you know, when you were burnt out and when I was burnt out, you stopped trusting that because you can't connect to it. Can't connect. There's no space. There's no time, no space. Just, um, yeah, a lot of self-doubt coming in as well when you're trying to please and trying to get expectations, it becomes so much harder. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Exactly. I'm having so much fun, but I know we're starting to run out of time. So I know by the time this airs, as I said, we will be in 2021. Christmas tree is <laughs> But you've held on to the North Star. <laughs> so um, you, are, you are launching, uh, you, uh, you've been in the process of launching a, a, a membership and some programs. Tell us about that. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll tell you about the program first, which I am so psyched about. And I'm really excited to start it in January as well. Because I know that there's, you know, at the beginning of the year, people are pumped up about having an awesome year, especially given that 2020 has, was, well, I'll say was because we're now in 2021, but was a really, really difficult year for so many people, right? And also a huge year of reflection. So I am launching um, this month, uh, but I'm, my, my first program, the first group programs going out of one-on-ones, although I still have my one-on-one programs, called Legacy Level Leadership. And um, it's a program where we really go through the five pillars of leadership, um, starting with self-leadership, thought leadership, uh, people leadership, leadership performance, and leadership mindset. So it's going through a lot of what we've discussed here from the North Star to really, really tangible leadership skill sets, much of what I sort of learned um, primarily at McKinsey, but also at Morgan Stanley and through the coaching that I've done. And then a lot of the mindset stuff and performance stuff that really, really accelerates people. So um, it's a it's an, an intimate group, but I'm really, really excited about about it um, because I think there's a huge need um, and also a huge desire from so many people to really step up in their leadership and to accelerate to that next level. So yeah, it's exciting. I can't I can't wait. <laughs> and you have a Facebook group. Yes. So it's part of, um, it's not the same, it's slightly different, but one of the big things for me this year was really creating a, a, a collective and a community of like-minded people. So um, what I offer, and there are actually two offers that I kind of put out there, which you can kind of take advantage of both as, as you want. The first is joining the Facebook group. Um, and what it is, is uh, it's, a free, it's a freebie, but it's, it's an offer where I bring together a whole bunch of leaders as well as high achievers are trying to achieve a lot of the stuff that we've discussed today so on a weekly basis there's a lot of interaction with me i offer tips suggestions um do sort of short videos i know people are busy so it's like short videos that of that that, that you can kind of um learn around those five pillars 
uh, as well as the odd workshop, which I'm looking to do on a monthly, maybe bi-monthly basis, depending on need. But it's very, very interactive. So um, my members come in, they're like, hey, I'd love this resource on X, Y, and Z. I have way too many resources and I'm always happy to share. And then the other thing that people often um, pick me up on is uh, consultation. And it could be just 30 minutes with some people and it's just understanding where are you right now and figuring out um, where you wanna be and just helping you deep dive on, on that and maybe even just think about what the next step is. So both of those are available and I believe the links are in yeah, details, um, but I can also share them. So they'll be in the text, but but just say what they are as well for those who are just listening, listening rather yeah. than as well. Sure, so uh, the Facebook group is called Next Level Leadership. Um, so I would, the easiest way to connect on that is just to find me, Yoande Falian. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm the only Yoande Falian on Facebook, but I should have checked that. I am definitely on LinkedIn, so feel free to connect with me there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, We're connected on both, you are, you are the only Yoande. I am, right? Yeah. Uh, it was so difficult having a name Yoande growing up in, in the US and the UK, but now I'm like, this is awesome. So, my Rena Alphalaki, yes, yeah, in London. It's perfect, right? Um, so if you look for me or you look for Next Level Leadership, then that's a group in Facebook. And then to book a consultation with me, which is a complimentary consultation, if you go to my website, so www.otitalconsulting, otitalk spelled O-T-I-T-O. So otitoconsulting.com, you'll see right there, work with me and you can book it today. Yeah, and the meaning is truth. The meaning is truth. Um, what I wanted to say about the, the Facebook, it's, it's of course one of those success habits. If you, you know, if you, you mm. want to get into those success habits is actually is to surround yourself with like-minded people and people you want to be like and that's not to say notice the word want there again but that's not to say you want to be them it's 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 to to resonate with them and to pick up on their energy and to learn from them so that we too can grow yeah love that love that love that so, i think especially after 2020 where i've heard so many people wanting that collective just going to say so you're being able to mix with with, with other, so many other leaders will really help i interrupted you you wonder sorry what did you say no that was beautiful i was just reiterating what what you said there um and i think especially after 2020 with so many feel, people feeling connected in a way but also disconnecting disconnected and trying to find your people your tribe um and that's really what what um what we're cultivating within the group so come join check it out it's fun as well i'm gonna I like to have fun I'm join gonna... i love having fun I'm gonna... exactly it'll be more it'll be more fun so do join rana I like oh that's what i'm <laughs> saying to the table <laughs> as well as Jim. i'll bring fun <laughs> fun fearlessness and freedom freedom and of course we should say uh you know we are hoping along with bridget to, to hold our retreat at some point this year. So watch this space, watch this space, uh, which of course, I mean, all of us deal, we, the three of us work with, with leaders, uh, professionals. Uh, so again, it's a chance to unite those people, but bring the fun, the freedom, and whatever else you wanna, your North Star. In your North Star. Yeah. Fearlessness. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I can't wait. I can't wait for that retreat. It's going to be epic, Rana. <laughs>
<laughs> if nothing else, the three of us will have the best time ever. But no, 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 right? <laughs> it will be phenomenal. I, I could just—it's just going to be phenomenal, phenomenal uh, value. Uh, uh, such a, an amazing experience uh, for anybody who attends. So watch this space. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. So, Yuandi, thank you so much for joining me. I've had a smile on my face for the last hour. I really, I really have. Oh, you are just, you are just amazing. I've learned so much. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it just ground, grounds us in and just, it just reminds us of the message of how important it really is uh, to be ourselves. No matter how many times you hear it in how many different ways, Today, we've talked about it in the context of leadership and also business success and accelerating yourself to the next level, but also whatever that means. But, you know, and, and we, of course, we've touched on self-care and what happens when you, when you stop listening to yourself. So thank you, thank you, thank you, my darling, for joining thank me. Thank you so much, Rana. It's been amazing. I've stolen lots off of you as well, so thank That's you for fine. that. That's fine. And it's always a pleasure. Feel free. <laughs> I'm always happy to share, as you know. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. Thank you again. So we are out of time. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do hit the subscribe button and notification so you know when our next episode is up. And uh, do uh, take a look at the text and those links for you under are in there as well. But for now, my three words after I say I am Dr. Rana Alfalaki, be free, be fun, be fearless. <laughs> bye bye. Feel now. on top of the world with Light Changes Coaching. Do you feel like burying your head in the sand, hoping it will all be fine when you come out? Do you know what you want, but no idea how to get it? Are you stuck on the treadmill, repeating the same old patterns, wishing the answers would just be there for you? How great would it feel to have those answers right there in the palm of your hand? Well, did you know that there is a way to get immediate answers, fast resolution of inner problems and quick access to a higher state of awareness? After 20 years of helping people, I have perfected a special technique that allows you to tap into your intuition. Connect with your intuition in just five minutes a day using this special technique, Dr. Renner's gift technique, the guided intuition and fulfillment training, and you can have those light bulb moments every day. So get what you want, a job that gets you excited when you get up in the morning, a relationship where you can look across the table and think how much you love that person, a body that you're proud to have and look in the mirror and absolutely love, a bank balance that you're not afraid to look at. My gift to you is a simple, quick technique to access your intuition and give you the instant answers you need to get unstuck without having to do lengthy meditations. So head on over right now to lightchangescoaching.com. Download.